This is Biz, and if hosting One Bad Mother for over 10 years has taught me anything, it's that parenting is hard and nobody gives a shit. So belly up to the low bar, where fine is good enough and you'll never feel alone. This is One Bad Mother. This week on One Bad Mother, we belly up to the low bar with comedian Lori Kill Martin and reflect on things past. Welcome, welcome to the low bar, Lori Kilmartin. I want to let everybody know who Lori is, if you don't, which is ridiculous because you should at this point in time in your life, especially if you are a Max Fun listener or a lover of comedian and all things funny. Lori Kilmartin is a stand-up comedian and Emmy-nominated WGA award-winning comedy writer. She was a staff writer for all 11 years of Conan on TBS and has performed stand-up on Conan. Late Late Show with James Corden and Comedy Central. And yeah, I'm going to read this whole thing, everybody, because she fucking deserves it. She was a top (laughs) 10 finalist on season nine of NBC's Last Comic Standing and has been a guest on Mark Maron's What the Fuck three times. Do I call it What the Fuck or WTF? I think he calls it WTF at this point. Yeah. All right. WTF. That's what the kids are calling it. Her first book, Shitty Mom was a New York Best Times seller and one of the reasons we had Lori on 10 years ago. And her special 45 Jokes About My Dead Dad was named Vulture's Top 10 Comedy Specials of 2016. And now this is the one I could derail on forever. She appeared on episode one of Hillary Clinton's 2022 Apple TV series, Gutsy. Fuck! You were yeah. like the Hillary! And her third album, Corset, was released in October 2021 and is out there for the getting. And Lori was also a guest on episode two of One Bad Mother way back in March 2013. Welcome back, Lori. Thank you. I I think if I remember correctly, I... I recorded it outside at Warner Brothers, was in a talking in a phone. I remember being at a bench and uh, talking <laughs> to you guys because <laughs> I couldn't do it in the office. Yeah, no, I believe we've had talking on benches. We had a few guests uh, talk to us from inside closets, bathrooms, and my all-time favorite, Carline. Oh. Waiting, yeah, waiting to pick up a kid in <laughs> Carline, which is sure. amazing. So, Lori. 13 years ago, when you were on the show, I believe you had a six-year-old child. 10 years ago, right? Because yeah, 10. Yeah. yeah. My son is uh, 16 now. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. How, I just got to ask, how is it having a teen? It's way easier. Yeah? I haven't had... Yeah, my kid is... We're very similar in temperament. I mean, you know, things could go haywire any second, but yeah. it's a lot easier. And, you know, I can leave them alone and not worry about stuff. And um, I I just haven't had the horror stories that I hear about Mm. teenage boys, but also I only have one. So he doesn't have a brother or a sister to egg him on. Mm. So I don't know. It's way easier to have a teenager than a six-year-old. Yeah. Well, yeah, I I think mine are, I've got two. My oldest is now 13 going into ninth grade next year. And yeah, that is a lot easier. Then the nine-year-old who will always be younger and always harder just because. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) exactly. I'm the second child. So I also am like, I understand. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of things that suck, 
but there are a lot of benefits you get. Like my bar is really low for you. So, you know, I will bribe you all day long with things and feel fine about it. Right. I I, I feel like my (laughs) bar is also low, but just because I'm, I had my kid when I was so old, I was 41. I was like over everything and I'm just tired. And so, you know, I'm not, (laughs) I, I can't muster the energy to make him take AP classes. It's like, you know, you if you don't want to, that's yeah. on you. You see the world, good luck. Yeah. You know, I don't know what to tell you. This is legitimately the conversation I just had with Raiden. They're again, oh, yeah. going into ninth grade. They've been at a pretty small school, going to a bigger school, art school. It's going to have conservatory time. It's just going to be wow. so different than anything they've experienced. And they were like, I was taking algebra this year and all of my friends in algebra are going to be taking geometry and I should also be taking geometry and I should be looking at AP classes. And I I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Listen to what I'm going to tell you. Don't. You are going into an A. All the kids in your algebra class aren't going to the school. So (laughs) you're going, you're going with the low math achievers. So let's just like relax. We're not going into math as a career take algebra again and be a fucking genius in it. Right. And like, don't take AP, don't take anything. Just make it as easy as possible. And then I shift them off to therapy so that they could process that and come back and agree with me. (laughs) I I think it's just, this generation is going to have like maybe (laughs) the the worst next hundred years. Like I, I, I think, Unless, you know, there's more pandemics that is coming. But I mean, there's it's possible that all of our kids are going to live to be 100 easily. Right. And they, they're not going to have the same career for 100 years. And they're not no. going to retire when they're 65. Like they're going to have multiple careers and multiple interests. And I just try to tell my kid, you know, it's a long life. Yeah. Don't ruin high school and be unhappy in right. high school. These last few years where you don't have to worry about your finances. Yeah. Like enjoy it. Cause it is going to, then you're going to have about 80 years of trying to pay your rent to your mortgage. Yeah. And that, that's a, you know, you could postpone that stress. Yeah. No, I a hundred percent agree that, or they are all children of a generation of very tired people who are like, just fuck it. I don't want to help you with algebra or AP homework. Right. <laughs> so, yes. so don't do it. Just don't, yeah, that's the other thing parents, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm like, I have a lot of friends whose kids are into sports. And I'm like, yeah, no, I do not support my children to be athletic because I don't want to drive. I, I didn't. My kid found a sport against oh. my will. Oh. But uh, at least it's nearby. It's not too that's far. That's helpful. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's And the other thing with sports, it's like, when I was growing up, like the Olympics were a big thing yeah. and everyone watched them. And I, since I ha- haven't had broadcast TV, you know, I just cord cutter for a long time. The Olympics are just like a, a sideline thing, just like yeah. everything else to my kid. And so for him, even the idea of being good enough to go to the Olympics is like, what, who cares? What are the Olympics? And yeah. it, it's so weird how good enough to go to the Olympics. Is that yeah. a bar? Like that's like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I mean, remember that. I mean, like, yeah. I remember. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I like, can't imagine those words ever coming out of my mouth to my children, to right. my children, to my children. Not, I mean, maybe somebody else's child. I might be like, you right. are gold it's, material. It's so weird that people <laughs> have that that expectation still, you know? Yeah. 
I don't, especially there's this really good <laughs> series. I think it's on HBO with Michael Phelps and a couple other Olympians. Uh-huh. Like, oh, I mean, even when you win gold, it is, you will experience some kind of major depression afterwards, <laughs> you know, and the silver medalist. I mean, like there's depression across the board. You can't get away yeah. <laughs> that you just get a gold medal in depression. That's right. There's no like, yeah. That, whatever you just, we, we'll tell our high school students, whatever you choose, depression is still there waiting for you. It awaits you. <laughs> it awaits you. If it's not already there, it's and coming. It's like an appropriate response to what's happening to the world as well. Like, yeah. you don't want to be so depressed that you can't move, but it is acknowledging. Hard. The climate change situation they're going to have to live in in their old age. Yeah. I, you know, I'm glad I'll be dead. Like <laughs> you guys. And I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Well, that'll be like, is that going to be like your parting letter to the, yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah. I'll be like, look, I tweeted about it. I did yeah. my best. <laughs> Speaking I of tweeting best. about it, I actually just, uh, my mom passed away three weeks ago. Oh my and gosh. I'm so sorry. I said, wow. Well, I, I appreciate yeah. It's so soon. It is soon. And it's we it was a really long hospice wow. situation. And I I was looking back on your comedy special as well as your book. The uh, the special was 45 jokes about 45 my dead jokes. Guy, and then the yeah. book is Dead People Suck. Yeah, Dead People Suck. And and those things came from you tweeting about it. Yeah, right. You know? right. Yeah, I mean, I guess I wanted to know how that's been, it's been a while. How, do you ever reflect back on your work, like pieces like that? Or or you're like, fuck no. Once I, yeah, once it's out and, you know, I I, I have watched like 45 jokes again, because I was looking for things to clip out for, you know, reels. Yeah. Like a new part of my life that is unpaid. <laughs> I don't know if it, it, it has any impact. But yes, I like put up your old stand-up, right? Yeah. And uh, some jokes, I was like, oh, I re- it, it to me that's a snapshot of yeah. me eight months after my dad died, and I could I can still tell I was like really raw. And some of the jokes I just would have, you know, I think I would tell better now, or I'd punch up a little bit more and stuff. But it's like that's where I was at that time, and that's what that's what's out there. So I don't I don't look back because at any comedy, really. Oh yeah. Well, if if I like, I have looked at old stuff, you know, and gone, hey, I could probably rewrite that and do a better job of it now if it's not out there. But a lot of times it's like, oh, I thought that then, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Well, I'm glad I'm not that lady anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, that's actually that is a that is a very good point, and I feel like that is very relevant to parenting in general. I was like, oh, I, I thought that once. That I thought that was what I was supposed to be doing, or how I was going yeah. to be doing it, and that well, that was that was something. Wasn't that yeah. cute? In fact, I went back and I listened to that episode. Oh, I've really? never, I've never gone back and listened to the old shows. And I went back and right. listened to it. You know, your child was six. I had a three-year-old and that was it. And uh, Teresa had a three-year-old or two and a half-year-old. And that was it. And we were already so broken and tired by then. So it <laughs> yeah. is impressive 
like if anybody listening to the show starting at the beginning just to hear the decline of like, <laughs> like yeah. of our ability to even communicate. But the topic we had picked was mommy's little helper. And we were exploring, is it is it okay to have a mommy's little helper, to have a drink at the end of the day, to have oh, something like that? And even now when I think back on it, I'm like, why did we only look at like drinking or like why not like art or writing or like what are other mommy's little helpers? And so I don't know. Did you? Well, I don't even look at it as mommy. Like I'm a yeah, full well, woman. Yeah, okay. exactly. I fucking I hate the phrase a, mommy. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I have a kid, but I also have a career and yeah. I read books. Like I'm a full human being. So <gasps> what? If I, you know, I don't, I'm not a big drinker because yeah. I don't know, it doesn't do for me what it seems to do for other people. Yeah. Um, I do enjoy food constantly. In fact, I ate right before this podcast. <laughs> I'll have a bite of bread afterwards. That's yeah. <laughs> but I would be treating myself to that whether I had a kid or not. Yeah, I, I, I just kind of look at it more as a, it's always hard to balance your life, whether you have a kid or, or you don't. Like as my son is getting older and he needs me less, you know, yeah. he almost just needs me there, but not like participating in his life, just sort of like hanging yeah. out, you know? So it's, 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 we're starting to separate and that's only going to happen more and more. And even that little, you know, part of me that was used to like kind of hovering or participating, I now have to like redirect that energy. And that, that is actually something I'm starting to worry about because, you know, if he goes away to college, like part of me is like, uh, you know, just go to a, a local community college and stay home. Like I want him to be home. I really like him. And, you know, the idea that he's going to leave and all of a sudden I'm just alone, you know, <laughs> And now I'm expected to date because I put it off because I had a kid. Like, oh, I don't know. It's a lot. Well, but actually, I have tons of questions about that. Mm -hmm. Like, so one of the first questions we used to ask guests a million years ago was, what did you think parenting was going to be like versus what you realized or what you discovered or what you found? And I think I've always gleefully looked forward to teenage years because I find them both horrible and hilarious all at the same time. And I'm like, slam that fucking door in my face, you know, like, let's do it. And I, as we get closer to it, I'm like, well, maybe I won't find that as fun. And, and maybe I'm not focusing on the right part of it. And I think it's that separation. How are you doing with that? I think it's um, just you know, realizing that, that every section of parenthood ends and leads to a new one. And, uh, they go very quickly, even though you're, you know, deeply, you're like steeped like a tea bag in hot water and you think it will never cool that then it does. And then you're into the new one. Well, what do you think the next phase might be? Well, I mean, he has two more years of high school Yeah. after this one. So it's, it's more him preparing. Like he filled out his first job application. Nice. That was like, you know, it, it was like he, he took like a week to fill it out. And he's very nervous about how he did it. And then he's like trying to figure out how to drop it off. It's all this like, oh, yeah, that stuff. You know, all this yeah. beginning to be an adult stuff that is like for him, you can see it through his eyes. Like, wh what's a job? What's that mean? <laughs> you know, so hopefully he'll actually 
drop it off at the hardware yeah. store. <laughs> it's like they they said they were in hiring, but they'll take an application. So of course that's the one he went for. Like all the yeah. places that are hiring, you didn't fill out a job application, but the no. hardware wasn't. So he's like, let me try them first. <laughs> Well, they weren't okay. hiring right now, mom. So that's the only reason I didn't get yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, well, I mean, you know, watching that and and watching, you know, I have to we have to teach them how to drive. And I don't know <gasps> how your kids are gonna be doing that. I've noticed with my son and um his friends, there's no urge to learn to drive. I'm all about I've been pumping my children up to drive since the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like I, I want them to learn how to drive. And so right now they're both still like, yeah, we want to do it. How does it feel teaching him? Like, are you taking him out in the car? Like there was, I, I, my mother was not the drive teacher. My father would take us out to learn how to, to teach us how to drive. So like, that was all of our experiences. I don't, I mean, did you, are you like, were you like, I can't wait to teach this kid how to drive? Or are you like, nope, I'm good. Um, you know, I don't know where to go. Like, yes! uh, I mean, I feel like I could be arrested at, 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 at any location. So we have to right. go out maybe Joshua tree and just, yes! drive I don't know. <laughs> my, my dad kind of taught me how to drive a stick shift and oh. then, but we had lessons at school. They don't have lessons at high school anymore, you know? Yeah. yeah. So you're kind of forced to do it yourself or pay a lot of money at a, a you know, triple A or whatever, which I'll probably do as well. Um, because I don't even know if I drive very well, you know, so I want him to be taught by someone who does know all the rules. But, uh, again, there's no, you know, like I tweeted this, but it's really true. He said, I don't need to know how to learn how to drive. I can walk to Popeye's like that's (laughs) like, all right. (laughs) All right. Yeah. You make a great point. Uh, So, so, uh, it's just so different. I, all I can say is, and maybe it's because of the pandemic, they're used to being at home, oh. like being at home. You know, my kid will go, I'm going to go hang out with my friends. And he just goes to the garage and plays video games with his friends. They're not together physically, but that's them hanging out. Yeah. So they just, the need for them to get away from home, like home is actually, you know, if, if you have a video game set up, home is a sanctuary that they are right. not going to ever replicate <laughs> unless they spend a lot of money. So why would they? <laughs> You know? Yeah, no, I guess that's interesting. I, it's it's with little kids, you know, there is some road mapping that's sort of out there, right? I mean, everybody's got to, you know, you got to read to your kid. You got to, you know, get them into a preschool or kindergarten. You got to, you know, feed them and shit. And then, but as they get older, yeah, it's really different than it was when we were kids. I mean, this is like the thing everybody, every generation gets to say. But part of me wants to like force march the kids through like rites of passage that I had, you know, like you got to learn how to read a map before you get a phone and you got to have these numbers memorized. And, you know, yeah, you're going to drive and you're going to, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but like all things related to parenting, I, I pivot pretty quickly depending on who my kids are. Because they didn't turn out to be like me at all. So yeah, that... I mean, for for me, like what's really different is not going to church. Yeah, you know, I was raised Catholic. We went Same. to mass every Sunday. Went to, went through all the rituals, communion, you know, baptism, yeah. uh, confirmation. 
And uh, my kid has never, like we walked into St. Patrick's Cathedral in New York just to see it as historic, <laughs> historically, but it, it, trying to sit in mass, like I can't do it. And he's like, what, what, what is this? <laughs> yeah, we, we don't, <laughs> he's never sat through a full mass. And part of me is like, oh, I'm so envious, you know, but you know, he doesn't have that. He also doesn't have that thing to be to rebel against. But again, you know, they're just, they have diff way different challenges than we do, than we did. So, uh, I, I mean, I really like watching uh, as an observer, like, yeah. what it like to be a teenager right now. I, I, I think it's fascinating. And, um, I like watching how my son handles it. And, and, um, I feel like it's, you know, it's a show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it definitely is a show. Raiden still shares everything with me, which is really nice. So I get all the tea. That's the slang for gossip, everybody. The hot tea yeah. that happens at school, which is great fun. And all the tea is still the same as it was when I was a kid. People just have different pronouns now. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, that's it. It's time to order up another round of Genius and Fails. Remember, you can share your Genius and Fails by calling 206-350-9485. So stick around, because we'll be right back. One of my favorite stories about my mom is the time that she went to see Malcolm X speak in, I believe, 1963 while attending college at Chapel Hill in North Carolina. And it was just one of those stories that you think everybody in your family knows, but they might not. StoryWorth is an online service that helps you and your loved ones preserve precious memories and stories for years to come. Whoever it is that you are honoring on this Mother's Day, give them a unique heartfelt gift that you'll cherish for years. StoryWorth. Right now, for a limited time, you'll save $10 on your first purchase when you go to storyworth.com slash badmother. That's S-T-O-R-Y-W-O-R-T-H dot com slash badmother to save $10 on your first purchase. Storyworth.com slash badmother. The following pro wrestling contest is scheduled for one fall. Making their way to the ring from the Tights and Fights podcast are the baddest trio of audio, the hair to beware, Danielle Radford. It really is great hair. The Brit with a permit to hit, Lindsay Kell. The queen is dead, long live the queen. And the fast talking, fist clocking, Hal Upland. See, I can wrestle and be an announcer. Get ready for tights and fights. Listen every Saturday or face the pain. Find us on Maximum Fun. No ring the bell. All right, so one of the things we like to do here is share genius and fails from mm -hmm. our callers. Mm -hmm. And my genius of this week is that I did, in fact, bribe my youngest. Ellis has n really never cleaned his room, mm -hmm. ever. And he stores his Legos on the floor. I mean, it's it's like the kind of room where I just don't go in it. But they really, really wanted this special custom Lego thing. 
from the internet. And after a while, I finally just said, fine, if you clean your room, I'll get it for you. And they were like, really? And I was like, yeah, but you got to clean it. You got to like, it has to be clean. You have to not whine or yell or get mad at me if I come in and I say, it's not clean enough. You need to do X, Y, and Z more. You it, Clean means when I'm happy with it, it's clean. And that child spent three hours completely committed, cleaned that room, did all the little extra things I asked. I then went and got the thing that they wanted. And I'm not sure what lesson I'm teaching my child, but that room, it is a pleasure to be in that room. Wow. Oh my God. Oh my God. I saw what you did. Oh my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You mom are a genius. God, that's fucking genius. That's yeah. great. My son's room is a mess too. <laughs> he's hard to bribe because he'll be like, well, I, I don't want it yeah. that Like, Yeah, I don't want it that much. <laughs> doesn't want, he just wants, you know, and I can't cut him off from Popeyes. So <laughs> well, he can walk there. Be the thing that would hurt him the most. Yeah. Yeah, he can walk there. He can sneak away and walk there. Yeah, not yeah. much of a threat. Mm-hmm. Do you have like any teen geniuses, any parenting geniuses of uh, any moments that you feel you should be high fived for by a total stranger? Um, not really. I That's mean, I don't not. have great wins, but I also don't have great fails. I'm I'm right hmm. in the middle. You know, I like that. We'll, we'll see. Like I I think if he does get a job, I am going to have to teach him how to clean. But the other thing is is is. I don't clean very well. Like, yeah, we have we have acclimated to living in kind of a, you know, house with stains on it in it. Oh, yeah. As Stefan says, because like during like everything that has been this year, mm-hmm. the quality of this house has gone to shit. And yeah, there are stains and stuff. And as Stefan says, it is as clean as it functionally needs to be. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, I got it. That's good. That's yeah, that's when, the comfort zone. When, when my mom was alive, she lived with me, and she cleaned pretty hard. And it was all my son and I'd be like, "Oh, there's <laughs> no one looks there." But now I'm like, "Oh wait, I look there now." Yeah, like what's that stain? I, you know, I, my mom really, she really got the stuff out before it stayed forever. Like I have stuff on my cabinets, I don't think it's ever gonna come out because I just didn't get around to it. My mom would be really good about, yeah. You know, well, getting she, it. She would tell me, she would inform me of all the stains she cleaned at the end of the day. Like I get home from work and she'd be like, she would tell me all the places that she cleaned because she didn't think I'd notice. And I did. Yeah. Now I noticed. <laughs> now you notice. I never, I never cleaned. <laughs> now I'm like, oh, wow. Oh, shit. <laughs> this is a genius. I'm calling on behalf of another genius, actually, my three year old. In a burst of creative elan, <laughs> scribbled all over our coffee table, and I admit I had a, a small panic attack, but then I remembered that I'm a genius because I bought washable crayons, and then, because I was thinking about it, I looked it up, and I learned that Colin Snedecker is a genius, who was the man who got a patent for washable crayons in 1990. Mm-hmm. So good job, Colin, and good job, me. The crayon came right off. Yeah. You're doing no. a great job. Thanks, Diz. Bye. See, that is genius. And I'm glad somebody invented it. 
it would have turned into an immediate fail for me because for whatever reason, I can't seem to wash things that are wood, like cabinets or tables. I feel like as a kid, I used to like my chores would be pledging and wiping things down. Now I go at any table and it just like there's just a smear, like it's like it's losing its sheen. So I, I would have also qualified this as a genius if you had just called it art. (laughs) did you see somebody had a a bunch of kids were let loose in a garden and some kid took blue crayon and drew all over the face of a very old statue which um i I think it will it looked awesome and it'll come out and i mean it's it's old you know what yeah yeah who's using it thank you and (laughs) we have to keep everything pristine for i mean it's getting exhausting we need to start (laughs) yeah Uh, Just drawing on things and starting over. Yeah, I am in full agreement. Or now here's a little fascinating tip. You you may not know this. If your child has never tried to customize their own Lego or anything plastic with a Sharpie. But Mm. I have learned how to get Sharpie off of almost anything. Mm. You take a dry erase marker. You cover the Sharpie. And then you wipe it off and it's all gone. Now, oh. I'm not saying that works on painted walls, but anything that's like plastic, yeah. it's like a freaking magic weird. trick. Wow. It is. It is weird. That's cool. So where I failed last week is I was on a field trip with my child. I had decided to go on this field trip. Last minute, they opened up some spots. I decided to go. We were going to be looking at tide pools, mm-hmm. and I really like tide pools. And uh, as I process my mom's passing, I, being at the ocean is very nice, mm-hmm. and being surrounded by, I will say, third and fourth graders is delightful. That is my target age. So we're there, and the phone dings, and I luckily looked at it, and it's Gabe, the lovely Gabe, everybody, saying, hey, we're here. And I said, oh, where? Oh, oh, like in the studio, like with a guest. That I, And I'm not there. And I, right. I'm, I'm the one who's just not there. Fail, 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 fail. You suck. What did you guys do? Did you just record from the tide pools? No, I just, we just, Gabe, ju- Gabe just dealt with it. He put his, he put his closer gloves on, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, totally took care of it. Uh, and we'll have to figure that out and do that yeah. later. And yet, when I got off the phone with Gabe, I happily went off and touched a sea slug. Listen, uh, I think you're allowed in the yeah. first month after a parent dies to forget Fair. a few things. You know, lose yourself and see anemones and all their little worlds. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Any, and it's okay if you don't have fails because I feel like everybody is just doing their fucking best. So, I mean, it could be that you have a fail once your child goes, that you don't learn about it until your child goes to work and you discover some sort of life lesson that you didn't teach them. No, it might be more that. Like, you, you just went on a school trip, you know, like a, a, bunch, a bunch of other teenagers. Mm. They, they were away for like 10 days, right? And um, I I found out my son was like considered like the designated driver because <laughs> he didn't drink that much. 
and uh, other kids were getting hammered, apparently. And my kid was like always remembering how to get back to the hotel because oh. you know, I maybe because every time we park someplace crazy, I'm like, all right, we're near this. this yes. I try to make him remember landmarks yes. so that we get back to the car. I have no idea. Or his dad did or, or it's just nope. that his nature. But I was pretty happy to hear that. I worry less about, I would, you know, worry less about the kid that doesn't drink and maybe isn't a, you know, it doesn't have as much fun. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm not really sure what the, uh, and maybe yeah. he'll change when he goes to college. Who knows? So oh, that's what I did. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> Oops. College. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, I'm calling with a fail. My four-year-old found some coins around the house. Mm. And so we took the opportunity to talk about money and saving and we counted up all the different, you know, dimes and quarters and nickels, and he got to a dollar. And I said, oh, you have a dollar, like when you can go to the store and you can actually buy something with a dollar. Then he wanted to put the money in his pocket and go to Target, and I stupidly said, yeah, sure, let me go see what we can buy with a dollar. And do you know what you can buy with a dollar in 2022? Almost nothing. So nothing. Wow. I thought it yeah. might be a reasonable teaching experience. And Oof. we walked up and down the toy aisle. And mm. we said, how much is that? 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 <laughs> um, and obviously, this ended up in tears. Of course, like, of oh, course yeah. it did. Because the yeah. only thing you can buy for a dollar is like Tic Tac. Uh, not, not even that, really. Anyway, so a dollar. Not like it used to be. <laughs> anyway, thanks for the hotline. You guys are doing a great job, and I suck, obviously. Uh, yeah, no, you're doing a horrible job trying to teach your four-year-old money management. <laughs> well, also, I think she did a great job because yeah. many purchases should end in tears and yeah. realizing you can't afford it. I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, a life lesson was learned. Had the kid tried to put it on a credit card, yeah. that would be a fail. But the kid tried to pay cash and couldn't do it and was like, I'll hold off. I don't know. That might be a win in the long run. I'd like to imagine that this four-year-old then uh, wrote an op-ed piece for like the New York Times about, you know, commercialism and economic security. And really it was like just bringing the point home that in what can you get for a dollar? I just just feel so... But yeah, I don't know if you've ever been in that moment where you're like, well, I've started this and now yeah. we're here and now I have to decide, am I just going to march this kid around and really prove there's nothing here that they can get for a dollar? Because that's what we're doing now. Or do I just say, fuck it, I'll, I'll give you an extra dollar just so we can get out of here. Like, clearly, everybody knows what I would have done because I bribe my children and I set no uh, system of standards uh, for accountability. But uh, yeah, I, yeah, that was a fail. It's also interesting that both the fails and wins today were um, parents of little kids. And yeah. I, do, I do think at that point you are grading and judging how you're doing all the time. Yeah. And that goes away. That does go away. <laughs> it does. Thank you God. Realize, oh, this person is like, like this kid is a, a person, a full yeah. person. They were born with a personality. You know, I, I tried not to do a lot of damage. And yeah. um, I think I accomplished that with that word. It's not a completely dysfunctional home. There's not <laughs> a lot of trauma happening in the home. Right.
And then after yeah. that, you know, it's, it's not your life and uh, it's not your, it's not your century that you're living in, you know, like yeah. his, his, his teenage, it's not your century that you're living in anymore. <laughs> his teenage years are in the 2020s. Yeah. What, who knows what that means? You know, he's, he's processing it as he can. And I'm just here to, you know, kind of watch. I always like to be like, in the old days, we went from me having a record player to a Walkman to an iPad. No technology's ever gone as fast, kids. Yeah, no, yeah. I know. I'm the 1900s. True. We're from the 1900s. Yeah, definitely. That's, that's when we are from. Well, but I agree. And I think the takeaway for all those calls, and I, I'm glad that you were here to absolve all of us, that uh, that feeling goes away. That's yeah. That's really all I want to hear ever. Laurie, <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. What are you working on right now? Anything fun? Well, I just have a lot of road work, uh, yeah. road work, and uh, I do have a special coming out pretty soon. I don't have a date release date yet. I just taped it for Comedy Dynamics and it's called Cis Woke Grief Slut. Yeah. And it should <laughs> be going to Amazon Prime and other, you know, distributing channels, whatever, just, I don't even know what they're called anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> probably in the next couple months. So keep your eyes out for that. There's some parenting stuff in it. And then there's stuff that has nothing to do with parenting. Yeah. Which is fine for parents as well. So everybody, we're going to link you up to where you can find all the things we talked about with Lori today, including her two books and her previous specials and her Max Fun podcast with Jackie. And yeah, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Talk to you in 10 years. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) You are the greatest mom I've ever known. I love you. I love you. When I have a problem, I call you on the phone. Have you heard about how to be fine? Do you feel betrayed by the advice of wellness gurus? Yes. And are you sick of being told to visualize your goals, pull up a chair, take a breath? Then I, Biz, have just the podcast for you. How to be fine is half advice show, half cultural critique, and one wild ride through the world of wellness. Join podcast besties Kristen Meinzer and Jolinta Greenberg as they dissect the inner workings of the betterment industry and offer up some advice along the way. Their goal? To help you get a little closer to fun, (laughs) which is a perfect combo for one bad mother where fun is good enough. Listen to How to Be Fine every Thursday wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, when you listen to podcasts, it really just comes down to whether or not you like the sound of everyone's voices. My voice is one of the sounds you'll hear on the podcast Dr. Game Show. And this is the voice of co-host and fearless leader Joe Firestone. This is a podcast where we play games submitted by listeners and we play them with callers over Zoom we've never spoken to in our lives. So that is basically the concept of this show. Pretty chill. So take it or leave it, bucko. And here's what some of the listeners have to say. It's funny, wholesome, and it never fails to make me smile. I just started listening and I'm already binging it. I haven't laughed this hard in ages. I wish I'd discovered it sooner. 
You can find Dr. Game Show on MaximumFun.org. Ooh, everybody. That was fun talking with Lori. You may have caught on that we're switching up the format a little bit, which I think is good and I think it's time for. I'm just ready to have more fun conversations with people about parenting wherever they are in their journey of having kids in their house. Um, But what will never change is listening to a mom have a breakdown. Hey, I have, um, and I know that this makes me entitled, but I I was just (laughs) wondering if when people gift to young children, if they ever consider (laughs) the adult that has to manage the gift and manage the feelings associated with the gift, like, for example, when someone gifts a four-year-old a 100-piece plastic set of fruit that Velcros, they all divide in half and then Velcros back together, do they consider the adult that has to help the four-year-old find the other half of the strawberry that got lost (laughs) under the couch? And do they consider the adult that has to manage the feelings that come with losing the other half of the strawberry And, you know, or when the child is gifted a cardboard, a fragile, delicate cardboard cutout that gets ripped upon assembly, do they consider the adult that's going to have to manage that sadness (laughs) that their brand new gift is broken already? Or how about those, like, giant stuffed animals where the adult has to say, you don't have room for this, buddy. We've got to pass it along to someone and then have to help the child manage those feelings. Like, what are people thinking sometimes? Am I the only one that hates this? I would rather my child receive a high five than some of the gifts (laughs) they've gotten for their birthday. And again, I know that this makes me an entitled asshole, but oh my God, that's all. Thanks for the hotline. Well, okay. First of all, you're doing a good job. And I I am not going to say if you are an entitled asshole or not. In fact, I think we should remove that from this whole conversation because the core of this rant is about being the one who deals with the emotional baggage that comes with gifts. And it it doesn't matter if it's a birthday gift. It doesn't matter if it's those janky little gift bags that you get from parties or like on Valentine's Day at school or like whatever. Stuff comes into your house. And I think there is something uh, that ratches up the emotional investment when it's around a birthday or a holiday. And And look, why do they do it? They do it because they like your kid or they grabbed something from Target on the way over or, you know, or they genuinely know your kid has a passion for cooking. I, You know, the whole point of this is that no one is giving presents to your kids to punish you. But it is something that we don't maybe expect that we ourselves will have to deal with. Or um, that somebody else might deal with. Let's all go back to when Stefan bought my friend's four-year-old operation. Who gives a four-year-old operation? Okay. That is a nightmare game. And that parent 
was not pleased. And luckily, they're they're very funny and they have a good sense of humor. But like, I couldn't. That is a gift that is giving a problem to somebody. And I don't know how we avoid it. <laughs> I don't know what to do. I just know that I see you and you're not the only person who is dealing with this or hates it or any of it. You, you really aren't. You are absolutely not alone. And I think it is okay, especially when our kids are younger, to ask people what you should maybe bring to a party to give their kid. Or like one time I sent a birthday invitation out. It was for like a Octonauts themed birthday party for Ellis. But like I made and at a train, at a train place where there were lots of trains. And I had to be very clear in the invitation that trains were not wanted as presents. Neither were octonauts, right? And I just go so we didn't wind up with a bunch of stuff, right, that would not be played with. I think that's okay. We should all give each other a little grace and space uh, to avoid things that are going to frustrate us later. It's okay to check in with each other. You're doing a good job. You really are. You're not alone. I am sorry. That is a lot of emotional work that you're dealing with. And I am, I am really sorry. Everybody, so here's where we are. We're 500 shows in. Just like any good mid-life milestone, I'm taking some stock, mixing some, getting my hair cut as it were. You know, maybe a new tattoo, maybe a fancy car, whatever I want to personify this podcast as. It's time to shake it up a little bit and focus on setting the bar lower for ourselves and being okay with that, no matter where you are in your parenting journey. Remember, you are doing a good job. Everybody is welcome at the low bar. I will talk to you next week. Bye. I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. You know that right. We'd like to thank Max Fun, our producer, Gabe Mara. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org slash OneBadMother. For information about live shows, our book, and press, please check out OneBadMotherPodcast.com. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, go to MaximumFun.org slash join. Well, Daddy, baby, bustin' by, not low down, Mama Blue. Oh, said Daddy, baby, bustin' by, not low down, Mama Blue. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned, audience supported.